0: The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. All right, well, if you have your Bible, go ahead and open it up to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we have been in a series called The Rest of the Story, and for the last uh, three weeks, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit and, and His role in our lives. And we, we started the series talking about uh, His role, His main role of being our helper. That Jesus said He was going to send the Holy Spirit and He was going to come and walk alongside us and He was going to be a helper. And the second week, we talked about who the Holy Spirit is and who He wants to be in our life. And that we said He is, uh, he is a person, He's not weird, and He is God. And because he's a person, we can have a personal relationship with him. And because he's God, we can have a personal relationship with God. That's amazing. And then last week, we talked about how to uh, fully walk in the fullness of a relationship with the Holy Spirit, which we said there's a third baptism called the baptism in the Holy Spirit that we all need to participate in. We saw people get filled with the Spirit last week. It was an amazing, amazing time. And so I I hope that you're really beginning to really grasp this amazing gift of the Holy Spirit. And today, it kind of goes along with what I'm talking about, because today I want to talk to you about the gifts of the Spirit. In fact, if you're taking notes this morning, here's my title, The Gifts of the Spirit. The gift gives. The gifts, the gift yeah. gives. Maybe you've heard people talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit before. Maybe you've heard some things about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Say, well, today I want to hopefully uh, give you, a kind of lay a foundation for you moving forward. Now, I can't cover everything in great detail today, but I can at least get you started in understanding these gifts that the Holy Spirit gives. Now, to, to better understand the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us, you need to first of all understand that they're kind of gifts is not uh, the best title for them, really. Actually, a better title for them would be tools. Uh, In fact, if if you were to go back to the original version of of Scripture, when it talked about 1 Corinthians 12, we're going to read this, where it talks about these spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit gives you. Uh, Actually, the word gift wasn't there originally. They added that word later. but, But originally, it was just called the spirituals, the spirituals. But these gifts are actually better translated tools is what they are. So you can say like this, they're spirituals, they're spirit tools, they're tools that that the Holy Spirit gives us to help us to do the the work that he's called us to do in in our life and in the lives of people around us. So so here's how it works. We get filled with the Spirit, we receive that third baptism, we get empowered by the Spirit of God, and, and through that we receive these gifts, and these gifts come and they help us to kind of remodel this world around us to remodel ourselves, and to remodel the world around us. You know, we, we live in a world that needs change to take place, and we're called as Christians to bring the kingdom of God into this world, to, to change this, this kingdom culture that exists here, and to bring the kingdom of God that exists inside of us into the world around us. So so here's, here's how it works. God gives us these tools to help us with this project of remodeling the world. Now, I, I've been married. Uh, n- next month, I will have been married to my wife for 14 years. And in that 14 years... Um, we've bought three houses, and every house that we've bought, we have done some work on it. We've done some remodeling to it. And I'm always amazed, every time we do a remodeling project, I'm always amazed at the end of the project at how many tools it took to get the project done. Uh, not too long ago, uh, we remodeled my, my daughter, Bo, her, her, uh, her bedroom, and in the process of remodeling it, um, we discovered that her room was, was kind of crazy. We, we thought it would take about two days, but it took three days. It had these huge, like one wall was a wall of mirrors, right? But they weren't just like mirrors, they were like these tinted, dark mirrors. I don't know if like in the 80s her, her room was like a, a workout room or something, but it was, it was, it was a mess, and so I, I thought, you know, this will take me a couple of days. Well, it ended up taking me three days because, when, in the process of taking those mirrors down, two of these big section of mirrors uh, shattered into a million pieces, and I had to clean all that up. It was crazy. But I, 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 at the end of the at the end of the project, when I was putting all my stuff away, I, I discovered, man, I used so many tools in the process of remodeling this room. You don't really notice it while you're doing it. You know, I'd just go out to the garage grab something else. But at the end, it's when I noticed it took a lot of tools to get this job done. And you know, the same is true for us in this, in this job that God has called us to do here in this world. It's going to take a lot of tools if we're going to get the job done. In the remodeling project that God has called us to do in changing this world and changing the culture of this world, it's going to take more than just a hammer and a screwdriver. It's going to take a lot of tools. And so God has given us these tools, these spirit tools that we access through the Holy Spirit to help us to accomplish the work that God has sent us to accomplish in this work. These are spirit tools that come from God's divine toolbox that we can pull on and and use in our world. Okay, so 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, let's, let's read this together, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting verse eight, it says this. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Now that word ignorant uh, doesn't mean you're stupid. <laughs> ignorant means you, you just don't know something. So Paul is saying here, he's saying, hey, I don't want you to be, to be ignorant here of, of, of what God has for you with these spiritual gifts, these spiritual tools. He wants you to know this. And listen, as your pastor, I want you to know about these gifts too. Because these are gifts, these are tools that God has given us that are, that are very important for us to understand and know about, right? He says, concerning these spiritual gifts. Now that word spiritual comes from the Greek word pneumatikos, pneumatikos, uh, and, and that word means this, it means empowered by a breath of wind. You've probably heard of pneumatic, it's where we get the word pneumatic from, you've heard of a pneumatic tool before, a pneumatic drill, what is that? It's a, it's a tool that is powered by, by air, right? So we talked about how these are spiritual tools, spirit tools, right? But they're not just tools, they're power tools that God has given us through the Holy Spirit, that are powered by the very breath of God. That's pretty awesome. So so here's what they are. When, When he's saying, here's what Paul's saying. He said, now concerning spiritual gifts, here's what he's saying. He's saying concerning gifts that are empowered by the breath of God. He's saying this. These tools or gifts allow the Holy Spirit to breathe powerfully in us and through us. Man, that's good. That's good stuff. They're tools God's given us to help us. To accomplish this work and their power tools. And we have access to them through the Holy Spirit. We can access them through Him. Now jump down to verse 7. It says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Now notice it says it's given to each one. Everybody say each one. Each one. Uh, now, here's a question. Are you in each? Yes. You're in each this morning, right? Turn to the person beside you and say, You're in each. Yes. I'll turn to the other person and say, You're in each. Now look at me and say, everybody's an each each. An each, each. We're all eaches, right. And so God has given us these tools through the Holy Spirit to each one, each one. But notice it's not just for us. Yes, it is for us. They're to help us. But it's for what? The profit of all. So God's given us these tools for, to each, each and every one of us. But it's not just so we have it for us. It's so that we can change the world. So we can make a difference to empower us to do what God's called us to do. And then it goes, it starts listing them off here. Starting at verse 8, it says, For one is given, now look at this, word of wisdom through the Spirit. It's talking about the Holy Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, a gift of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. Nine gifts. Verse 11 But one and the same Spirit, talking about the Holy Spirit, works all these things, distributing to each, everybody say each, each each one individually, as He, the Holy Spirit, wills. Okay, so these are, these are the gifts of the Holy Spirit, these are the tools of the Holy Spirit, and here's another way of saying that, these are the gifts that the Holy Spirit possesses. And because he possesses them, he and we can possess him. We can have him in our in our life. We can be filled with him. We can possess these gifts. We can possess these these tools. Now maybe you've heard somebody say something along these lines before. Uh, Maybe you've heard somebody say, like, "I, I operate in the gift of, you know, whatever that may be. I operate in the gift of prophecy. They highlight the, 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 the gifting that they have. Well, let me, let me help you understand something. Um, really, what we have is not a particular gift. What we have is the gift of the Holy Spirit. We have the gift of the Holy Spirit. And what's beautiful about that is because we have the gift of the Holy Spirit, we don't just have one of the gifts. We have all of the gifts. Because these are the gifts that the gift gives. So if we're filled with the Spirit, we can have all of these gifts. We can pull from any one of them that we may need. Now, a lot of times, and I'll show you this towards the end of the message, a lot of times we may operate and function in some of them more easily than others because of the way God's wired us and because of the assignment that he's placed on our lives. But listen, you can have access to all the gifts of the Spirit because you can have access to the gift of the Spirit, which is the Holy Spirit. All right? So there's nine gifts. That we listed here, and they're broken down into three categories. So we're gonna look at those for the rest of our time this morning. They are uh, the first category is the discerning gifts, and there's three discerning gifts. The next category is the declarative gifts, and there's three declarative gifts. And then the last category is the dynamic gifts. And there's three dynamic gifts, so there's nine gifts total, all right? So let's, let's look at these gifts together this morning, all right? The first group is the discerning gifts. And let's look at this, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 8 says, For one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. All right, so here's two gifts right off the bat. We have the word of wisdom, and we have the word of knowledge. Now, they sound very similar, don't they? But they're actually very different. Um, and and let, me, let me help you kind of understand this. Okay, knowledge, here's an easy way to understand this. Knowledge has to do with uh, the present, or you could even say the past. A knowledge, by definition, is this. It's the accumulation of information or facts. If you have knowledge, that's what you have. You have accumulated information and facts. And, and it has to do with the present, your present situation, or maybe past knowledge that you've received, right? That's, that's knowledge. Wisdom has to do with the future, Wisdom has to do with you moving forward and and what you do moving forward. Okay, so let me illustrate like this. Uh, Knowledge, here's what knowledge tells you. Knowledge tells you that that little black animal with the white stripe running down its back that's walking towards you, knowledge tells you that that's a skunk. Knowledge also tells you that that skunk has the ability to excrete a pungent odor. That's knowledge. Wisdom tells you it's time to move. Wisdom tells you to get out of the way because it's going to get it stank all over you if you don't. Wisdom tells you not to pet that animal, right? That's wisdom. You see the difference? Knowledge and wisdom. Okay, so now we're talking about these spiritual gifts. Here's, here's how they work in a spiritual sense. A word of knowledge has to do with you having supernatural knowledge. It, it's, it's this. It's information or knowledge the Holy Spirit gives you that you didn't learn by natural means. That's pretty awesome. It's, it's, you didn't learn this, you just have knowledge. God gives it to you through the Holy Spirit. Through the gift of knowledge, the Holy Spirit can tell you things you would not know unless God revealed them to you. Okay, so that's knowledge. Word of wisdom is this, it, it has to do with having supernatural wisdom for the future. Having supernatural wisdom in what to do moving forward. Uh, my wife Sarah, who's up here earlier, um, when she was in 7th grade, uh, she experienced a tragedy in her life. Uh, A friend of hers, a little girl at her school who's in her class, um, was murdered. Uh, A a dad came home. For whatever reason, he came home and he murdered his three daughters and their mother. And this was Sarah's friend. And so obviously, a seventh grader, I mean, this affected her in a major way. And and one of the ways it affected her is it caused her to not be able to sleep. And we were talking about this week and she was just saying that she'd, she'd go to sleep at night and as soon as she'd get in bed, she'd just have anxiety. Just hit her, and fear would kind of come over her, and then and then she'd start thinking about how I need to be sleeping, (laughs) I need to be sleeping, and and that would make it even worse, and she just could not go to sleep. The only way she could go to sleep is if she, as a seventh grade girl, would go into her parents' room and get in bed with them. And so nobody wants that. (laughs) Mom and dad don't want a seventh grade girl in their bed with them, and a seventh grade girl really doesn't normally want to get in bed with her mom and dad. Okay, so this wasn't a good thing. Well, one Sunday she's at church with her family. And the pastor is, is up preaching. And at the end of his message, he, he begins to talk about how he has a word of knowledge. He's, God, God's telling him something. God said that there's somebody here that's having trouble sleeping. And I want to pray for you today. I believe God wants to deliver you from that today. Now, you've got to understand something. That this church, this was a big church, a mega church. Over 10,000 people attended this church. Uh, this pastor did not know my wife, who was in seventh grade. He did not know her personally. He did not know her parents on a personal level. There was no way he could have known this information. And so Sarah's dad and her, they, they walked up to the front, and he laid hands on her, and he prayed for her, and, and it changed everything. Uh, that night, she went home, and she went to bed, and she slept like a baby. And every night since, <laughs> she has slept like a baby. In fact, it's like a joke in our house. Going to sleep for Sarah is like flipping a light switch. She just can do it. When, when she's pregnant or she wants to go take a nap, she'll go, I'm going to go take a nap. And I'm. Serious. you give her 30 seconds, and you walk in there, she's gone. In fact, if I told her, hey, man, come up here right now and go to sleep, she could just do it. It's amazing. God gave her this amazing ability to sleep now. But here's the thing. How did that pastor know? Because God gave him, the Holy Spirit gave him a word of knowledge. He gave him information that he did not learn by natural means. And I've seen God do this in my life many times. I've I've sat across from people sitting there talking to them, and God began to show me things about them, and I'd start speaking things into their life or talking to them about situations or things that happened to them in their past to the point that they're looking at me and they just start crying because they can't believe what God's saying. And listen, this is not just for special people. This is not just for pastors. In fact, this week, uh, God gave me a word of wisdom a, through a word of knowledge that he gave to my nine-year-old son. My nine-year-old son, Gus, who is filled with the Spirit, he, he came to me and he told me something this week, knowledge that God gave him that he had no, there's no way he could have known it, no way. He told me this and it gave me wisdom for some stuff that God is speaking to me about our church. It was amazing. And listen, this is not just for the spiritually elite. This is for anybody this is for moms. This is for dads. This is for business owners. This is for marriages. This is for anyone. Anyone who can be filled with the with the gift of the Spirit, which is the Holy Spirit, can receive this because this these are the gifts that the gift gives. Amen. So that's a word of wisdom, word of knowledge. Third one is the discerning gift of the discerning of spirits. The discerning of spirits. Uh, this is here's a definition for you. It means to be made aware of the presence of a demonic spirit. To be made aware of the presence of a demonic spirit. Listen, we do not live in a spiritually neutral world. You need to understand that. The Bible says that we are spirits, mean your spirits. That's who we really are. This flesh and blood world that we come in contact with, that's not the real world. There is a more real world, the spirit world, because this world that we live in was born out of the spirit world. Okay, So there is a spirit world, and it is a real world, and it is not a spiritually neutral world. There is demonic influences and forces in the world that come against us and come against some of the things that God wants to do in our life. You need to understand that. The Bible says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We think we do, but we don't. There's another world going on. There, is, there are things that are happening. You know, Maybe you've had your, you found yourself in a situation before where things are just not working out. You're having an issue with a child in your home. Having an issue with a loved one. And you just can't seem to, you can't understand why they can't see this the right way. Why they, what's going on here? You're having an issue with your business. You're having an issue. Something's going on. Well, here's what God wants to do. He wants to help you to discern what's going on. He wants you to see it for what it really is. In fact, that word discern comes from the Greek word "diacrisis," And it means this. It means to see through. That's what God wants to help you do. He wants to give you spiritual x-ray vision. <laughs> So you can see things for what they really are. You can see what's really going on. That, that tug that you get in your heart sometimes it tells you about somebody, ah, I don't know about this person. That's the discerning of spirits. God wants to speak to you. You know, when I was a kid, I was taking guitar lessons from a guy when I was just a little kid. And uh, I remember my parents came to me and they, they said, hey, we don't want you to take guitar lessons from this guy anymore. We just, we don't feel right about it. So I, you know, I, I trusted my parents. I, I, whatever, That's fine. Well, come to find out a few years later, uh, this man was arrested and thrown in prison for being a child pornographer. How do my parents know that? They didn't know that. They just knew something wasn't right. See, that's, that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He wants to help you. He wants to help you protect your kids. He wants to help you protect your business. He wants to help you make wise decisions. He wants you to see through things to see what's there. All right, that's the discerning of spirits. The discerning of spirits is a spiritual tool that God gives his children so, they can be aware that they're not just dealing with flesh and blood enemies, all right? So, there's the three discerning gifts the, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits. Now, let's look at the next three, okay? The declarative gifts. Now, declarative means this it means uh, to declare. It's also, these gifts are also sometimes called um, the proclaiming gifts. And these gifts all have to do with speaking, okay? So, the first one is this In 1 Corinthians 12, verse 10, it says, To another, prophecy. So, it's the gift of prophecy. And here's what prophecy is. Prophecy, by definition, prophecy is a message of encouragement from God to a person. Prophecy is a message of encouragement from God to a person. All right? Now, notice what prophecy is not. Prophecy is not um, correction, rebuke, judgment. That's not prophecy. Not according to the New Testament. And I'll show you that in a minute. In the Old Testament, there were judges and there was prophetic words that were given out that judged and spoke into things that were going to happen because people sinned. But Jesus changed all that. In the New Testament, this gift of prophecy is for the edification, exhortation, and comfort of others. Let me show you this. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3 says, But he who prophesies, this is New Testament, he who prophesies speaks three things. Edification, exhortation, and comfort. It doesn't say judgment so that everybody feels bad. <laughs> no, it, it, it says it's, it's for encouragement is what it's really for. Now, think about that word encouragement. What is encouragement? You break that word down, it means in encouragement. It's, it's putting courage into somebody else, putting courage into a situation. Discouragement is taking courage out. So it is a good way to know if a word you're receiving from somebody else is a good prophetic word or not. If it's discouraging, if it takes courage out of you, it's probably not from the Lord. But if it's building confidence and helping you step forward, that's probably a a good word from God that he's giving you. See, here's what God wants to do. Okay, this is awesome. Through this gift of prophecy, God wants to give you words. He wants to speak words into your life that you can share with other people that build courage into them to do what God's asking them to do. Isn't that awesome? God wants to use us in that way. He wants to use you to speak life into people that helps them to go accomplish the word or the work that God is calling them to do. Okay, so prophecy is for strengthening. It's a word of encouraging. It's for comfort. That's a spiritual tool that God wants to give you. God wants to use in your life to speak help and, and freedom and encouragement and, and strengthen to other people's life, right? The next two declarative gifts are different kinds of tongues and the interpretation of tongues. Ooh, tongues. Yeah. Let me just say this. I'm not going to talk a lot about this today. And the reason why is because I'm going to spend the whole message talking about it next week. The whole message next week is going to be about tongues and understanding what tongues is, is really all about. Uh, I know there's a lot of, a lot of uh, controversy when it comes to this. I'm going to clarify it really clearly for you next week, so make sure you are here. But I, I want to read you just one part of a verse this morning because I want you to be thinking about this this week, okay? 1 Corinthians 14, verse 5, says this. first part of it says, I wish you all spoke with tongues. That's the Bible, my friends. I wish you all. Everybody say all. all. I wish you all spoke with tongues. Now, who wrote that? Well, you could say Paul wrote that. But, and he did, in a sense. He, he, he penned it. He transcribed it. But remember, the Bible says that all Scripture is God-breathed, right? God's the one who wrote the Bible. The Holy Spirit's the one who inspired the text that we read. It's not a, man, it's not a work of man. It's a work of God. So think about this, God breathed the statement, I wish you all spoke in tongues. Chew on that for a little bit. Right, so I, I'm telling you, next week I'm going to help you understand it. And it won't be weird, because I ain't weird, okay? And neither is Jesus. It's not going to be weird, it's going to be cool. So make sure you're here, we're going to talk about it and clarify it, alright? Let's move into the dynamic gifts now, okay? There's three dynamic gifts, the gift of healing, the, uh, I'm sorry, the gift of faith, gifts of healings, And working of miracles. Okay, so let's start with the first one the gift of faith. Here it is definition a supernatural impartation of belief and confidence for a specific situation. Now, every single one of us as believers has faith. We all have a measure of faith. In fact, you can't become a Christian without faith. You have to have faith in Jesus Christ. You have to put your faith in him as your Lord and Savior and put your faith in that he died on the cross for your sins. That's, that takes faith. What I'm talking about here is, is not just the faith that you have. It's a supernatural gift of faith. It's a tool of faith that the Holy Spirit gives us uh, for a situation. For example, when me and Sarah moved to Oklahoma City to start New Song, God gave us a gift of faith during that season, a really strong gift of faith. Because listen, that was a big move for us. We were at a church in Dallas, Texas, one of the biggest, most influential churches in America. I had a good job there. I had a lot of influence there. I was overseeing uh, some of the content for our, our kids' classes that went out to thousands of kids across all these different campuses. It was awesome. I loved my job. I had good friends there. Had a good salary. That was great. I, had, I made money. We had a nice house there. Um, our kids were in school there. We were plugged in. We had friends. We had we, we, were, we were happy there. But God told us he wanted us to move to Oklahoma City and start a church. And understand, we didn't know anybody in the city. We'd never really been here much. I mean, I, I grew up in Tulsa. My wife did too. But we, we, we passed through Oklahoma City. But we, we, didn't know, we didn't know anybody here. I didn't have a job waiting for me here. We were stepping out in faith. But, but it was amazing during that season how we just had this, this faith, this, trust, this supernatural trust that God was going to take care of us that he was going to see us through. He, he was giving us a specific assignment and he was giving us the faith we needed to carry out. That's a gift of faith. Maybe you found yourself in a situation before where maybe you get some really bad news. And when you get that bad news, something rises up inside of you that says, it's going to be okay. Or maybe you've, you've had somebody around you that's, that's come to you and they're just, they're worried, they're concerned, they're, they're afraid of something and, and inside of you is this faith and you're able to, to speak into their life and lean into them and they're able to lean into you and they're able to kind of grow from your faith. Listen, that's the gift of faith. And God wants to give you faith so you can share that faith with others, build up other people's faith and so you can have faith for the assignments he's called you to. That's a gift of faith that comes from the Holy Spirit. All right, the next dynamic gift is the gift of healings. The gift of healings. You guys getting something out of this? The gift of healings. This is supernatural endowments of divine health. Supernatural endowments of divine health. This is a tool where where God will literally use his children, me and you, children of God, to to bring healing to other people. There's a story in Acts chapter 3. Where uh, Peter and John are traveling along this road and they're heading towards the temple. And as they're walking towards the temple, they see this lame man. Now, when I say lame man, and he wasn't, I'm not talking about an OSU fan. I'm sorry. Sorry. KJ's out. I, 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 kid. I kid, KJ, come back. Listen. I have no dog in the hunt here. I just like to mess around with people. But. Uh, <laughs> Lame actually means that he, he couldn't walk. This guy couldn't walk. He had been, in fact, the Bible says that he had been lame since birth, <laughs> which is KJ. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. So he's calling out to Peter and John asking, asking them for money. And, uh, and, and this is what Peter says to him in verse 6 of Acts 3. He says, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I'll give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankles and bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. This is awesome. When Peter touched him this lame man, this gift of healing came into him and it caused his body to function the way it was supposed to. It brought restoration and healing to him to the point that that it was this unbelievable miracle that all these people saw. And I want you to know something today. In fact, if you're taking notes, write this down. God is still in the healing business. This wasn't just something for the church world a long time ago. This wasn't just something for a particular group of people. No, God still wants to heal people. He wants to heal you. If you're sick, he wants to heal you. I don't care what it is you're dealing with. I don't care how long you've been dealing with it. God wants to heal you. Healing is what Jesus does. Healing is not not what you think it might be. Healing is not about you getting to the superstar who can lay hands on you and and then you can receive healing. No, healing is a gift that the Holy Spirit gives. If you can have the gift of the Holy Spirit, you can receive healing. You can receive healing from God. It's a gift he wants to give to you, and he wants to give it. Notice it says healings. It's plural. It's not just one time God will heal you, and then you're good. He wants to continue to be working healing in your life. In fact, it says this in Psalms 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Listen, God doesn't want you to forget the benefits that come with being a child of God. And then he lists two of those benefits. They are who forgives all your iniquities. Now look up here at me. Iniquities is sins, Okay. It's, it's inward sin specifically, but it's sins. How many of you believe that God can forgive all your sins? If that's you, raise up your hand. Let me see it. Okay, so you believe that. Now look at what the next verse says. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all. Everybody say all. all. Who heals all your diseases. So if you believe that he can forgive all your sins, you need to believe that he can heal all your diseases. Yes. All your diseases. Not some. Amen. Right? All. That's the Bible. God is still in the healing business. In fact, I had lunch with a guy this week. This is amazing. Uh, Fifteen years ago, he got bit by a tick. And after he got bit by a tick, it caused him to have this, this reaction that caused him to have an enzyme deficiency. And because of that, he became allergic to certain kinds of meat. Red meat, some pork, just different kinds of, of meats would cause him to, to have... He, he'd break out in hives. His throat would start to swell. He could even go into anaphylactic shock. I think I said that Right? But it was a bad, bad deal for a couple of reasons. One, he could get really sick, and two, he couldn't have a cheeseburger. Right? It would be horrible. So this was a bad deal. And he had just kind of settled into, well, this is just my plight and my plot in life, I guess, my plight in life. One of those two. What is it? Plight? Okay, plot. I think that's where you get buried. But he kind, of, he kind of settled into that. And, and then just recently, God just started talking to him. The Holy Spirit started speaking to him and saying, why are you settling for this? And so he began to start studying the word and start believing God for healing. He prayed and believed God for healing, and then he stood in faith that he was healed. And I sat with this guy this Wednesday. I sat with him at a burger joint, and he told me the story while he ate a huge cheeseburger and had no reaction whatsoever. Isn't that awesome? Our God is a God who heals all your diseases. If you need healing, it's a gift that the gift gives. You can receive that, all right? The third dynamic gift is the working of miracles. Working of miracles. This is divine intervention that alters our natural circumstances. Divine intervention that alters our natural circumstances. We've all probably, if we went around the room, we could probably find all sorts of stories throughout this room of people who've had divine moments where God has intervened. You know, I I think that someday we're going to get to heaven, and I think there's going to be a room we can go in where we can watch this highlight reel of our life, where we can see all the times that God has intervened that we didn't even know about. I see it all the time with my kids. I remember when Sonny was learning how to walk. Sunny, my, my daughter, she's three. She likes to walk and likes to look around the other way that she's walking. And I would see her like walking towards a wall and she'd be like looking back and all of a sudden she just, and I just was like, her angels just walk around going, okay, move over there. And... But, well, that's the, the, God wants to help us. You know, there's times that we're, we're leaving our house and it takes us a little bit longer to get out. And what we don't know is maybe we miss getting T-boned in an intersection But listen, God wants to do this in your life, and I believe he's doing it all the time. I believe there's miracles taking place in our life all the time we don't even see. But it's a gift that the Holy Spirit gives. The Holy Spirit wants to work miracles in your life. He wants to manifest this gift for the profit of all. These gifts are for the profit of all, to help you and to help the world around you. These are the gifts of the Spirit. They are gifts that the gift gives. Now, uh, understand this. We all have primary gifts that that we we operate in. Let me explain it kind of like this. Okay, imagine a plumber, a carpenter, and an electrician. There are three different people that work with tools, right? But the, the primary set of tools that they work with are all specific to the assignment that they have, aren't they? So a plumber uses different tools than an electrician, and a carper uses, carpenter uses different tools than than a plumber does, right, or, or an electrician. They all use different tools as primary tools. Now, there's times when they're doing certain assignments or doing certain projects, they probably need to sometimes grab other tools and use other tools, but they have a primary set. In the same way, as, as believers, as Christians, we have primary sets of tools that we operate in and function in uh, in an easier way because it, it has to do with the assignment God has placed on our life and the calling we're called to do and how he's wired us. Now it doesn't mean we can't operate in all of them because you can, because they are, they're the gifts that the gift gives. You can have any of them, but there's going to be primary tools that each and every one of us use that we function in more, more often than not. Now to help you with this, uh, I actually have something to help you this week. If you go to newsongpeople.com slash gifts test, I think we have a slide for that I gave you, newsongpeople.com slash gifts test, there's actually a spiritual assessment test on there that you can download and that you can take this week. You fill that out and it will help you uh, to understand how God has uniquely wired you and uh, what the primary spiritual gifts are that he's placed in your life. Okay, So I'd encourage you to check that out this week and see what that is. I have certain spiritual gifts that I operate in more often than not. I, I have the gift of faith. That's a strong spiritual gift in my life. Um, the gift of, of knowledge and wisdom is one that I see working a lot in my life. God uses that when I'm talking to people and counseling people and speaking. I need those tools in operation. I can operate in all of them, but there are certain ones I operate more often than not. Does that make sense? Okay, so here's, here's the deal. Here's what I want you to understand. These gifts are for each. Everyone's in each each, right? They're for each and every one of us. And, and they're to help us to change the world around us. And it's a powerful thing God wants to do through us and with us. But having these gifts in operation in our life does not make us any better than anybody else. Here's what they do for us. Here's what the the gifts of the Spirit do for me. They make me better than me. That's the point. It's not to elevate us to a place of like, oh, we have the gifts and you don't. No, no, no. We all can have the gifts. But we have these gifts so that we can... Really, here's what they do. God has given us these gifts... Not so we can elevate ourselves above other people, so that we can actually be more empowered to lower ourselves in the service of others. Oh, that's a good statement. God's empowered us so that we can lower ourselves to serve others the way he wants us to serve them, to really help them to see Jesus. That's what these are for. They're for each and every one of us, but they're for the world around us. So how do we operate in these gifts? How do we function in them in a greater way? Well, if you remember, in John 14, 15, and 16, we, we started this series with this. Jesus is getting ready to ascend to heaven, and before he goes, he said, um, I want you to wait for the gift of the Holy Spirit. I want you to wait for the Holy Spirit. I'm going to send him. Here, here's, what, here's what Jesus was saying. He was saying, I'm, a, I'm going to go. I'm getting ready to leave in a sense of how I've been here. I'm not going to be here in the natural like I've been. So you're going to say goodbye to me like you've known me, but you're going to say hello to the Holy Spirit is what he's telling them. And so here's, here's what we're called to do as Christians. We're called to say hello to the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of people that have done that. They've, they've taken that step of being baptized in the Holy Spirit, receiving that third baptism, and being filled with the Holy Spirit, and saying hello to the Holy Spirit. Many people did that last week, have done that over the weeks here at this church. But the problem I see sometimes is that we as believers, we'll get filled with the Spirit. We say hello, and then we stop saying hello. And we need to continue to be filled with the spirit on a daily basis. If we want to operate in these gifts, we need a continual flow of the gifts of the spirit of the holy spirit as a person inviting him into our day. You know, here's a good way to start your day every day. Start your day by saying, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. I invite you into my day. Hello. What what do you want to do through me to build your kingdom in this world today? Every day, as I start my quiet time, I start by saying, God, I need you. I welcome you. Holy Spirit, I need you in my life today. I want to hear your voice. I want to operate in these gifts. Fill me up with your presence today. I need that. There's a, there's a famous uh, evangelist from the 19th century. His name was D.L. Moody. And he had a statement. He used to talk all the time. He'd preach about being filled with the Spirit, continuing to be filled with the Spirit. And one time somebody asked him, why, why do you always talk about this? And he said this. He says, because I leak. You know what? We all leak. We all leak, right? We all need to continually be filled. In fact, it says this in Ephesians five eighteen. It says, "Do not be drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit." And when it says that, that's better translated. It, it, when he says "be filled with the Spirit," it's better translated as "be being filled," or uh, "keep on being filled," or "continue being filled." Here, here's what I'll give you my definition. Keep on saying hello. Keep on saying hello to the Holy Spirit. And there's some of you today, in fact, as I was preparing this message this week, I felt like God was saying there's a lot of people that they've said hello once, but they haven't said hello lately. And I know there's some of you today, and I believe this, God wants to give you, He wants to fill up your tank today. He wants to give you a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. He wants to fill you up today so you can be functioning in these gifts So here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to kind of close our service with this today. Uh, Maybe you're here today and you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You've never invited the Holy Spirit's presence into your life and and, and said, Jesus, I want the Holy Spirit. I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit by Jesus. You've never done that before. I'd love to pray with you so that you can receive that today. And maybe you're here today and you've been baptized. You've been filled. But you haven't been saying hello a lot lately. And you know that these gifts are not operating in your life uh, like like they should be and you want a fresh and filling of the Holy Spirit today and I know there's going to be a lot of people that stand for this and that's great you should stand for this because we all need a fresh and filling of the Holy Spirit so here's what I'd like to do if that's you today you'd like to either be baptized in the Holy Spirit or you'd like a fresh and filling of the Holy Spirit would you stand up awesome awesome very cool Awesome. Okay, so remember, Jesus is the one that baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. So we're going to put out our hands. We're going to talk to Jesus. And we're all going to say this prayer together. Everybody out loud, just say this with me. Remember, your hands are out because we're receiving. Say this with me. Say, "Jesus, Jesus, baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Fill me up afresh and new in your spirit today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you for these people here today. I thank you, Lord, that right now you would begin to baptize them. to to fill them up with your spirit. Lord, those that are standing that have never been filled, Lord, I pray right now that you would touch them with the spirit of God, Jesus, you would fill them up. Those that are standing for a fresh filling, Lord, I pray that you would fill them today. You would empower them today, that they would see these gifts, these tools of the Holy Spirit at work in their life. Lord, that we'd see healings take place. We'd see words of wisdom, words of knowledge coming out of this church. God, you've given us these gifts to build each other up, to help each other for edification, exhortation and comfort, Lord. That's the kind of church we wanna be. And so we need people that have this today. So I thank you for all the people with the boldness to stand up today. I thank you for filling them in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Let's give it God a hand. Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.